knows your organization better than you. You are the nonprofit expert. In the Nonprofit Experts podcast, you'll join me, Mary Gladstone Highland, as I engage in conversations with leaders across the sector who are just like you, tackling challenging problems and finding creative solutions. Listen in to hear strategies you can implement in your organization today. Hello and welcome, everybody. I am Mary Gladstone Highland. I am your host of the Nonprofit Experts Podcast, and I'm happy to be with you today talking about writing books and conflict resolution in organizations. I'm wondering if you have ever wanted to be a writer. For me, it was always one of my pipe dreams that I thought about in college. I was a creative writing major in my undergrad, and I had big dreams of being an author. I imagined that to be somebody with a cup of coffee sitting by a fire in a cottage somewhere up north and spending contemplative time typing out amazing stories. Flash forward to about 16 years later in my career, I was writing grants as a fundraising consultant and someone reached out to me from a small publishing company and they said, hey, we need a grant writer to write a book. Would you be interested? And that's how it happened. The first book that I wrote and I was hooked. It wasn't exactly the creative writing lens that I thought that I was going to be authoring in, but it was still exhilarating nonetheless. Then I spent some time, basically mm, five years, (laughs) developing a curriculum with some really close friends of mine. We saw a need for help for organizational conflict resolution, specifically in the United Methodist Church that was and still is in the middle of going through a pretty massive organizational change and transition. And we wanted to be of help. We thought, hey, you know, we've got the skills. We are conflict resolutionists. We are therapists. We are facilitators. So why not provide a resource? We spent a lot of time developing that curriculum in the midst of COVID-19. And then we offered it up and asked for support from publishers to get it out there. And we are so honored that Abingdon Press said yes. Our book, Calm, How to End Destructive Conflict in Your Church, is currently available for pre-sale on Amazon. I encourage you to look it up. But today is a behind-the-scenes look at what it was like for us as authors to create this book for you all to purchase and use and to help you decrease conflict in your organizations. But also this is a conversation about what it was like for us to author this content and take our curriculum and turn it into a resource that can be published. So I hope that you gain a lot out of this. As I've mentioned multiple times, this does have a faith-based lens, but we offer solutions for nonprofit leaders who are not in faith-based settings to gain some guidance on how to implement organizational change and conflict tactics in your own organization. Stick around to the end and I will pull out some of those highlights for you. So hey, everybody, I am actually here with two friends today. That's the first time that we've done this for the podcast. And it's a little bit different because the three of us worked together on a project and we want to spend some time telling you about it. But you're used to my voice. I'm Mary Gladstone Highland, and I'm also here with Christina Wickert, who you've heard before. Hello. 
Christina Wigert here. And I'm here with Katie. Katie, could you introduce yourself to us? Hi, my name is Katie Stokes. So I am a clinical social worker. Prior to that, I worked for about 12 years in professional ministry settings, doing some project development. Um, so have some experience in like just nonprofit kind of things. And when I got my master's in social work, I focused on nonprofit leadership development, which is one of the passions that I share with Mary and Christina. And so, yeah, now I supervise a team of therapists in the Metro Detroit area that work with Head Start Preschool. And the reason why we are here today is because we are the three authors of a book that is coming out in August. It's called Calm, How to End Destructive Conflict in Your Church. And we wanted to walk you through the topic of organizational conflict resolution today and how it relates to the process that we developed together. So uh, yeah, I'll pose the first question to all of us. So why were we interested in this process? I know what I would say, but I'm curious to hear what you two might say. I was kind of fresh out of my master's with my social work degree. I remember sitting down and talking with you about some of the things that you were excited to be working on. And this was kind of an idea that you had been floating around in thinking about how conflict comes up in churches. And so that's when I think way, way back, I think of like sitting down and just hearing about things that we both had experienced in our professional work and in our personal work being connected to churches personally too. And just recognizing that a lot of the things that I had been learning about in a professional way in churches, which can feel so very intimate for people. I mean, it's a, it's really a church is often an expression of people's lives and, and their beliefs, and it's very close to them. And so sometimes, um, you know, because when something's really close and it feels really important and tender, it can also sometimes feel like really hard to have hard conversations. And yet we know because of a lot of the experiences of people that are out there doing this kind of work, that when you can have those kind of conversations, it really, really actually binds people together and it does not break people apart in the long run. And so I think that's what got me excited about thinking about this work. Well, you know, when I came into this, you guys had already got the ball rolling on this. I mean, this is something that when I went to graduate school, I did this dual degree program in theology and then Wesley Seminary and then International Conflict Resolution from American University. So that was my whole academic background that I thought was just this really kind of interesting but niche topic. You know, how do religious communities and religious actors, you know, play a role in conflict and conflict resolution. So to come out of that and then actually find a way to turn that into something practical and outside of the world of academia and something that I've just always been interested in. So that was what was very exciting for me. I remember for me, sitting at a family dinner, it was my brother who is also clergy in the United Methodist Church. We were talking about the place that the UMC, United Methodist Church, was in and still is currently in a place of a lot of tension and trying to figure out how to be an expression of faith moving forward. And my brother said, hey, you just started this new business and you're into organizational health and conflict resolution. Do something about it. <laughs> and then when I talked to Katie, posed this idea to you and you were like, yeah, let's spend time figuring out what that might look like. And then just to paint the picture for our listeners, it was a lot of sitting in a room with markers and 3M paper and jotting out 
what we thought this curriculum and process could look like for organizations. I'm glad that we all jumped in and we're willing to, to give this a try. What I'm curious about is what we would think are some of the important aspects that we wanted to each include. If we think about the ways that we each operate, process, what was important to us to get into the book? And Christina, when we were kind of coming up with the outline of what we would talk about today, you had one right off the bat that not only do I think is important to mention, but also we've been working on this for so long, people, so long. I had kind of forgotten. Yeah. Tell me about what that was for you. When an organ, a church, an organization, whatever it might be, faces conflict, there tends to be the mindsets or whatever, either that, okay, there's conflict, let's get out of here, I don't want to deal with it, or the, all right, let's barrel in and meet it kind of head on and jump in right away. And I think the the approach that we have to take kind of in the middle of it, right? You can't avoid conflict, you have to face it. But at the same time, you can't just jump into the deep end and get with a group of people that you don't know, or you, you know, you know them by name. And if we're talking the context of a church, you know, okay, well, we go to the same church. We know each other. We're we're church members. So yeah, we can talk about these things. You're not going to get very far, right? If that connection you have is very surface level, like if there's not trust built in, you're just going to keep kind of talking in circles or having like really very surface conversations and you're not really going to get to the heart of the conflict. First thing is just being very intentional about building up a community that can trust each other, that can talk about things. Almost to the point that some people might be like, wait a second, how come we're not talking about this yet? But you need to take that moment or take that breath or take that intentional action of building up trust and community first. I so agree with that. And even just hearing you talk about it right now, the other thing that came up to me is how do we help people to build a tolerance for discomfort, which for me is actually very central to any faith journey. And therefore, I think very important in the life of the church to have some level sitting with, sitting in discomfort, not a lack of safety, but that it, it is okay to to sit and to wonder and to be curious and to not have an answer right away. And that when we are making decisions as a community, that sometimes we really do have to take a moment to just pause and be with each other and let that presence and that shared experience sit for a moment. And I think that in developing a really practical approach to walking through making hard choices and all the feelings that might come up when you're doing that, you know, that was something that was so intentional for us was how do we create these moments that are authentic, you know, these, these that aren't too long, that don't take too long, that don't put off what people are looking for for too long, um, but also do recognize what we know from all of our experiences and expertise that you have to allow for the trust building. I think, and a part of that that was pretty integral to a lot of the conversations and what ended up in the curriculum and in the book was how we make this both led by the congregation, by the members of the church, and how do we level the playing fields of power so that one person or group of people didn't have more say or more influence in the process than anyone else, which is 
very hard. I mean, that's going to happen in any organization. It's not just churches. I mean, we're going to have leaders of the organization working with entry-level employees. And how do you honestly and genuinely build this psychological safety that we're talking about without, while allowing yourself to be vulnerable, you know, to say to a person who's in a position of power, actually, this decision doesn't sit well with me. And I think a lot of that came in intentionally asking the leaders to be a part of the process and not the facilitator of the process and just being really clear that it's important that the work comes from the body because, you know, no matter if the top of your hierarchy decides, okay, we're going to solve a conflict and they solve it. And then your entry-level employees or your church members didn't have any say in that process. They're going to be like, great, thanks for solving this problem. I feel so much better, (laughs) you know? So it was, it was important that it was a, a group effort, I would say. One of the things that I wanted to make sure was included in the material is similar to what Christina was mentioning about building that community of trust, but kind of at the central core to this work is relationship building in general. Most of conflict resolution is about relationship building. You can rarely work yourself through a conflict by othering people, by us and theming people, calling people monsters. I mean, like people do all sorts of things to dehumanize and draw distinctions between themselves and the person on the other end of a argument. And that can be really uncomfortable is to sit down with somebody that you have othered. And I think it's one of the reasons why church leaders, nonprofit leaders runs from conflict resolution because it's not comfortable sometimes (laughs) to go through. But when we have skills to manage the conflict amongst our church, to manage the conflict amongst our organization, it's like a superpower. It's like you're resilient now and you can handle anything. And that's why we intentionally made the book so that in the curriculum so that it could address any conflict. Yeah, I mean, I think I know what you're saying about the any kind of conflict because we very specifically right from the beginning gave ourselves even sort of a, what was it, like a litmus test where we would have multiple questions that we would ask, like, would this apply to this super high level of the United Methodist Churches as a whole? Like you said, Capital C Church has been going through very big division and and conflicting decisions some churches are leaving the denomination for. So, I mean, that's like really big, high level conflict. Would this chapter, would this activity relate to that? Also, would it relate to a church that wants to institute a new program and they're just not sure if that's what everybody wants. It could be any sort of level. And I think that we were trying to take really seriously, like checking in with ourselves. Are we holding multiple perspectives when we're doing this? Hey friends, I want to take a minute and tell you about a resource that's exciting that's available to you for free. If you're interested in learning more about organizational conflict resolution, head on over to my website, www.sparkgroupconsulting.com and click webinars. We have a bunch of webinars there for you, but the one that's particularly salient for today's topic is how to manage and leverage organizational conflict. It's a quick watch, but packed with a lot of information that can help you manage the stress and the tension in your organization. I hope that you'll check it out. We've said this multiple times at this point that yes, it's right in the title that this is you know a book written for church communities and churches, but at the end of the day, conflict is conflict. Definitely things translate. Uh, if you're going to tell a nonprofit leader how to start to handle conflict, what do you think is the first step they should take? Uh, ha- handle it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I know a lot. I mean, I know a lot of nonprofit leaders who love people. And so we want our workplaces to be nice and comfortable and never experience conflict. And so what we do is we conflict avoid and then it doesn't make the conflict go away. It just makes the conflict fester. So I would say number one tip, you are the leader. If we're leveling the playing field and even if you're not the person who gets to decide and you just decide to bring in some sort of mechanism for handling conflict, do that. It's your job as a leader to help your organization to be healthy, as we've talked about. And so one of the things I would say is just handle conflict. Christina, I'm kind of curious what you would say to it. Did you have something? Yeah, I mean, I think not so different from that. Decide to handle it and then maybe look around, look what kind of resources, even if you're the leader, you don't have to take it all on your own back, you know, shoulder it yourself, take stock of who or what's around to help you. And, you know, maybe part of that is this book. (laughs) I actually think to that question of if I were to tell a nonprofit leader when they notice conflict or when they think they're noticing conflict, how to handle it. I actually would start with how you're talking about it. And I would encourage people to, even when there isn't conflict, start thinking about like, what are your go-to phrases when you're faced with it? So when somebody that, let's say you supervise walks into the room and you know you need to like talk about something. Have a couple things that you can say, like, I've noticed X, Y, Z. I've noticed that you haven't been as happy working on this project as I thought you were in this last project. And I've just been noticing that. And I'm wondering if you can tell me some more about it. And so you're allowing like yourself to be curious (laughs) because we can identify sometimes conflict because it's an energy and a feeling that we get. But we can't always really understand like how the other person is experiencing it, what they're bringing to it. And I think we have to be able to talk about it even before we can then do anything decisive on it. So sometimes practicing like how you're going to say things because we get stuck in that moment when the person is in front of us and we're like, oh, my gosh, I hope I say the right thing. I hope I don't mess up. And so sometimes we have to remind ourselves actually like starts maybe with listening to them. So having like a couple sentence starters for yourself of... I'm curious about what's happening here. I've noticed this. I've just been feeling like something's off. Have you also been feeling that way? And then actually listening. I like that idea of curiosity. Um, I think that it makes me think of two things. One, especially how you're talking about the curiosity leads to this proactive mindset and how you can be ready in different scenarios. Because yeah, if we're talking about conflict, you could be hopping mad, you know? And so having some phrases or some practices, like before I handle that, I'm going to take a walk, something like that, um, kind of thought through before it happens can be really helpful. The other thing that the curiosity piece reminds me of is be curious about what the conflict actually is, because you may see it as who took my stapler or, you know, so-and-so moved the pencils, but it could be wholly not about (laughs) staplers or pencils. And I think that asking folks that you're working with how they experience the conflict can help you determine, you know, what's really going on. But also having that curious mindset around, you know, what is really at play here can help you bring the right approach to handling it so you don't waste time focusing on something that it's not really even about. I'm feeling grateful. I've been feeling grateful through this process for all the different people that I learned about leadership from. And I'm not going to like do an Emmy speech where I'm like naming all the (laughs) producers or whatever, (laughs) the co-stars. But just in general, like I invite people to pause and just sit with the gratitude of all those times in your life where you learned just a little bit about leadership 
because you got to see someone else do it. I think more than anything, that's actually what leaders do. They just do in front of others. You know what I mean? Like they do in front of others. They risk, they make choices, they make mistakes, try new things. They step into hard conversations and they don't always get it right, but like they're doing it. And like, that's the difference between somebody who's like leading and making change and people who aren't. And so I just have felt grateful in this whole process, being able to remember all those people that I saw step up and it gave me that example. So I wouldn't be afraid to do it myself because this honestly is a little scary to put your name on an idea and then put it out there for the world. <laughs> but that's okay. We can be, we can do scary things. We can do big things. And I'm glad to have done them with you guys. One thing that I wanted to note is you all who are listening to this are getting such a nice, lovely, calm version of the three of us. <laughs> We are trying very hard not to talk over each other as we are recording this podcast. And usually our conversations had a lot more of like, oh my gosh, yes, that makes me thinking. No, wait, no, we can't do that. Um, and so I I want to echo the fact that it's been a really great process. I want to also pull in for people that, I mean, kind of what you were talking about, Katie, it's okay to try. We started developing a curriculum. We had no idea where it was going to go. We had no idea who it you know, would ultimately land on being useful for. And we had lots of moments where we thought, well, we spent a lot of time creating that and it's going nowhere. And now we have a book coming out that will hopefully be useful to churches. So I, I want to echo spend time on creative projects and maybe sometimes something's going to turn out and maybe another time you're just going to learn how to develop a curriculum with a group of great friends. So yeah, I would say try. Hey, everybody, I spent a couple of years writing a book with my friends. And we think it would be really useful to you if you are a church that is in any sort of tension. If you have to make a decision, if you have to heal your community after you've made a decision, this should be a resource to you to help you feel like you have the tools necessary to handle the conflict within your church. And it's out for pre-order now on Amazon. You can look for it, Calm, How to End Destructive Conflict in Your Church. It's by Mary Gladstone Highland and Katie Stokes and Christina Wickert. And we are proud that it is up. It has a cover, art, and everything. So we're excited to share it with you. Hopefully you all purchase it. If you purchase it, leave us a review, please. That helps writers and especially people who are, you know, putting their book out there to the world. It means a lot. Yeah. And let us know if you need some facilitators for managing your conflict within your church. Can I just say how much I appreciate going through this process with Katie and Christina. It was a real joy. I hope that you heard that in our conversation together. And I have to confess, there is so much content on the editing room floor. We talk, friends. <laughs> we talk a lot. But it was such a joy to put this piece together for you. And I hope that you gained some information out of it about how to handle conflict in your organization. Some of the things that I want to point out for you that I heard were a call to build relationships. Anytime that we're building relationships, we are increasing our capabilities for conflict resolution because it's really hard to maintain conflict with somebody that you are close and connected with. Another thing that I heard is that it's important to provide psychological safety and level the power dynamics so that those who are in the midst of this conflict resolution process, honest opinions. I heard a call to handle conflict, simply put, 
Many nonprofit leaders tend to conflict avoid. That's understandable. But as a leader, it is our job to make sure that conflict is handled amongst our organizations. And really, when we handle that conflict, it's a superpower. It gives us the ability to be resilient. We also mentioned how there are resources out there. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. You don't need to walk this conflict path alone. Seek out help. There are conflict resolutionists, facilitators, mediators in your area. You can call us and we can come and help you or they can come and help you to manage the conflict in your organization. One of the last comments that we offered was be prepared. Nobody should be shocked that conflict arises. Conflict is inevitable. So be proactive about it. Have a plan for how you will address conflict in your organization when it arises. And think about that in a downtime when you're not in the middle of conflict so that you have a clear head and you can process how you want to handle certain situations. Katie mentioned, have a couple of phrases in your back pocket. Stay curious and ask more about situations. Even go take a walk. I hope that you gained as much from this conversation as I did. As always, it is a joy to be able to offer these episodes to you. And my very last shameless plug, we wrote a book, friends, and it's out there and it's available for you as a resource to handle organizational conflict. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Calm, How to End Destructive Conflict in Your Church. Thank you.